Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore, it's another episode. And today's episode is with singer-songwriter JC Stewart. And it's uh it is it's a it's a kind of interesting um one for me because I'm so used to um, having guests that um, are kind of answering lots of these questions retrospectively, um, looking back across their career, or or they're in the mists of uh, you know in the middle of like you know their their creative journey, and and it's always really interesting when you speak to younger people such as JC um, who are just breaking through, just on that kind of you know point where it's all to be played for and it's uh it's it's really exciting to to kind of get that perspective on on a creative journey as well so i think you're going to love this this episode jc is an absolute top fella as you're about to find out but before we get onto this episode um I just want to say thanks to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. And thanks to 76 for producing this podcast. And also, um, if this episode is the first uh, episode you've listened to of Off The Beaten Track, then go and have a look in the archives because you'll find over 150 um, podcasts in there with some of your favourite musicians, DJs, producers, comedians, actors. Go and go and have a rummage in the archives and see what you can find. Um, and if that's not enough, I do also have a a Patreon page where um, I put up a standalone episode over there each week as well, so you can support the podcast over there as well. Um, let's get back to today's episode anyway. Please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with JC Stewart. Sorry to chip in, but I've got another announcement. We have another sponsor. Anyone can play guitar podcast. If you're in a band or an upcoming singer-songwriter or you just want to a little look behind the scenes of how the music business works. This podcast is for you. They interview big name guests every week. And the lads go in on topics such as how festivals are put together, the role of today's record companies, the importance of touring, marketing, songwriting. The list goes on. And wait till you hear who they've had on. The Killers, Jimmy Eat World, Editors, Frank Turner, Shed Seven, as well as loads of record company execs, festival organisers and radio DJs and loads more. Visit acpgmusic.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast. Go and check it out. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've me, Stu Whiffin. Okay, we're recording. Sitting opposite me via the means of Zoom. 
singer-songwriter JC Stewart. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. I'm sitting in my bedroom in London, um, which is about three million degrees, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's all good. I was in Ireland for a few months there, and now I've come back to London. And yeah, weird times, but getting through it. Well, look, before we get on to the, um, the track listing, let's, let's talk about the, sort of the, the weird times a little bit. Um, and I'm, I'm curious to know, um, as obviously we're recording this during lockdown for those listening, um, I'm curious how you found the whole kind of quarantine lockdown thing, how you've coped as, as both just a, a, you know, a young man and a creative yeah, I think the two sides of it are really important because as a young man, um, I've weirdly really enjoyed it and I think it's actually been really important for me. Um, I'm someone who freaks out about everything in life on a daily basis and actually when I was at home like uh, with my, my family, I haven't lived there for five or six years and I was home planting trees with my dad, going for runs, just like playing with the dog for like months and it was amazing. It actually really was just lovely to stop and slow down for a bit. And then creatively, it's been amazing some days and really bad the next day so i don't know some days i could write loads of stuff and the next day i've got nothing but um yeah i'm just trying to keep going and just not putting too much pressure on the whole being creative thing as well because i think that is the the killer of it as well that's, de- that's generally been the kind of consensus of feedback that that most people that have, have been on in lockdown that have been mm. you know musicians have said it's like you know just trying not to force it you know just sort of seeing yeah, if, it, exactly. if it feels good then then we'll roll with it if not then there's another day you know Exactly, yeah. All right, JC, um, track one, the song with track the greatest one. ever intro. I actually find this, this is the toughest one. Everyone says that. Everyone says that. This is the toughest one. Because I had a few and I was like, you know, I was talking to my housemate about it. He's like, Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm like, you can't say Bohemian Rhapsody. That's just like, <laughs> you can't go there straight off the bat. So I've gone for a slightly rogue one. And it's the song I play when I'm doing the dishes because of how good the intro is and where it goes. And it is... Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Nice, nice. So, you know, just a little subtle piano coming in, vocals coming in. And by the time you're a minute and a half in, you're losing your mind. You're scrubbing that frying pan like there's no tomorrow. It's fantastic. Have you got uh, a playlist to wash up to? Oh, 100%. It is My Chemical Romance, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, Paramore. Anything you can kind of get an emo headband going to, I'm in. Youngblood's kind of making the list now. I'm not going to pretend like I was an emo kid at school who listened to loads of my chemical romance, yeah. but it's actually been in the past few months since they've come back and announced this series. They've kind of gone back and been like, they were amazing. It's they really weird, so, isn't so it? Because I think when it happened, like, there was a whole thing of, like, you know, people were kind of, it was all deemed emo, and it, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it all kind of. It wasn't massively taken seriously by the industry, I guess. Yeah. And then I think, in hindsight, as you just said, people are now looking back going, do you know what? That's some fucking great records. Do you know it's what I amazing. mean? It's amazing. And like that song Teenagers they have as well is unbelievable. Yeah. I'm trying to rewrite that song in the minute being like, how did they do that yeah. with that? It's just on the, the emotions that I think people are now, people are like 25, 30 now yeah. who were fans back in the day. and. People still feel the same, and you know they sold out all those tickets, and people were going to Milton Keynes to go see them. You yeah. know what I mean? That was their only date, and I was buzzing about going to that. And yeah, I think there's just it brings people back to their youth and a time when anything was possible, and also they're just really good songs. Yeah, you know, objectively. Well, I'm I'm really interested to ask you this because I ask all, all musicians this, um, and 
uh, I should say you're, you know, you look like you're one of the youngest guests I've had uh, on this <laughs> podcast. And so I'm very interested as to, to your mindset um, uh, when it comes to this. And I, I like to ask, I generally ask um, my guests about when they write intros, like especially if they were having hit records in the 90s and the noughties, like how they've changed it to now, you know, with the fact that everybody, music is so everywhere and disposable and there's so many distractions of like listen to this you might like this on your spotify and your youtube and as somebody that um writes um is it cool to say guitar pop yeah for sure yeah um like uh, when you're writing there are you conscious that the way that people listen to music now it's you've got to grab them quick do you put a lot of emphasis on the, the the intro 100% 100% and I think the emphasis is actually on I don't have an intro ever very rarely okay and that the intro actually comes later and that's when it gets fun for me usually you write the song and you essentially you're not writing it for Spotify but it's got to be applicable to yeah. that sort of platform where people are going and they're going to listen to three seconds of it and if they don't like it they're moving on to the yeah. next three billion tracks on there or whatever it is that's crazy isn't it's it? when, it is nuts and I was actually working with someone yesterday who predominantly had all their hits in the 90s and early 2000s, and they were like, oh, what are we going to do for the intro? I'm like, I don't know, we're not going to do an intro. And he's like, what? <laughs> and we were just having this conversation of he used to, like, that used to be a really fun bit of music. But I was sort of, we still get to do intros, but it just is in the live setting now. And that's where I get to have a lot of fun. Yeah. When you're building live shows, you're like, can we put a seven minute intro on this? Yeah, they're already there. They're not going to leave. You know what I mean? Let's let's have fun with this now. And that's when you get to build your intros and write your intros and do the big, ridiculous, you know, U2 build-ups and all yeah. that sort of stuff. And it is different now because it's not on the record. And I haven't done an album yet. So I hope when I get to do an album, there's a lot more of that yeah. planning of intros and outros and connecting tracks. But when you're doing singles, you know, it's two and a half to three minutes of yeah. song. And that's what you got to be getting in there, yeah. which is kind of good and bad, you know? I, I think it's a, a real... Um Oh, what's the word? Sort of, I think there's so much. Like, I mean, people can look at the most. You know, people can look at Radiohead and go, right, okay, yeah, but to write OK Computer, that's mm. that's so difficult to compose this incredible symphony of blah blah blah. I think it's just as fucking difficult to write a perfect pop song. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, it's yeah, it's exactly the same. To you know, it's just to get that perfect little pop song, them hooks, them choruses. That's a complete art form in itself. No, 100%. And I think it's still the best songs will stand the test of time. Like, I was talking yesterday about Angels by Robbie Williams, which is a cheesy pop song. But that song will never not be Angels by Robbie Williams, and you'll never not sing it at a wedding, and it'll still bang at a football match. And it's it's a pop song, but it really hits hard as well. And I don't think people have this perception of pop music that it needs to be this kind of, you know, washy, kind of lyrically not relevant thing yeah. whereas I actually think the best pop music or the best music is pop music Queen was pop music yeah. and the lyrics are incredible and the lyrics are powerful and the lyrics do something yeah. and I think when you get that comp- uh, combination that's when it's special music yeah absolutely alright well look let's um, let's move to track two and I'm going to ask you what the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you so yeah I've got two answers to this one because I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the first one but I think okay. it's an amazing song and it's this Northern Irish act called Rams Pocket Radio who when I was growing up as a 15, 16, 17 year old getting into music was everything to me and it was just this guy from Belfast who only played in Northern Ireland and he had, but he had this song called Love is a Bitter Thing 
And the song was essentially about that. And I just never heard someone say something like that. And I'd been listening to bands for years, but just for fun, as you listen to music when you're a kid. And this was the first time I specifically remember being at a festival and he played this song. And I was like, oh man, that actually, that really hits. And I think the next time I felt that on record was when I heard, um, I was watching YouTube and, and the Bonnie Vare cover of I Can't Make You Love Me, originally by Bonnie Reid, obviously came on. And that, to this day, is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I can't make you love me if you don't. Can't make your heart feel something it won't. It's just simple and it's powerful and it gets you, you know? Gets you how? What's that emotion? I, I, it's that, um, I'm trying to think what the word is. It's like just being happy that you're sad i'm sure there's a way i'm sure there's a word that describes that perfectly but i can't think of it um and it's like just that collective oh yeah we've all been there that's depressing yeah that's a bit sad but we're all here singing this song together are listening to it and kind of wallowing in it in a beautiful way that is i think it's part of the human experience because we're not happy most of the time you know it's like we are happy and that's what we remember and that's the good bits of life but a lot of the time we're not and i think there's a beautiful connectivity in that as humans that we can all feel are you you, if you're having a day where you're feeling a bit low Mm -hmm. do you instantly reach for like you know the greatest hits of steps to just to like you know just (laughs) give you some disposable pop like joy or do you like right okay where's my Bon Iver album like do you do you wallow and immerse yourself in it and and enjoy that enjoy that emotion yeah, I do a little bit. There's a there's an artist called Benjamin Francis Leftwich, who's one of my favorites, and he uh, he he just nails it. Every song he ever writes nails those emotions. Yeah. I listen to a lot of him in that. But then I will go back to you know the ridiculous sort of rock anthems that just like see how see how loud I can sing something, or like you know, yeah, it's it's a bit of both. I think you have to you have to find your mix for that. Okay, okay. Um, right, before we get on, yeah, let, well, let's get on to track three, which is a song that reminds you of your time at school. So so where where was school? Where was home? Belfast School then? was a school called Rainy and Died. It was actually in a town called Macrofelt in County Derry. So it was about an hour away from Belfast, maybe, in the countryside. It was a big sort of, uh, like rugby was the big thing at the school, and I, I was desperate to be a rugby player when I was a kid. My dad played rugby a little bit, and, you know, it was just, that was everything. Uh, and sadly, I was terrible, which was through a bit of spanner in the works early on. Um, but yeah, music was something that didn't enter my school life in a big way until I was maybe 15 or 16. Cause I just tried to hold it off and I was trying to be the rugby guy who didn't care about music. So I remember like the first songs that I grew up listening to school were when everyone was Bluetoothing music to each other on their phones. And I remember there was a song called replay by Ayaz <laughs> and it was the cheesiest thing ever. And also like all the Rihanna and black eyed peas stuff back in the day, Disturbia, and Boom Boom Pie by Black Eyed Peas. Just that, it was that disposable pop stuff at an yeah. early age. But then I remember the first song that actually meant something to me, to me at school. I was in music class and I had this friend called Dara. And uh, he was like the cool musician. That he, I always saw him as the cool one. And I was just there liking pop music. And he knew all these bands that I'd never heard of and all these songs. And he introduced me to this band called The Band. And he played them to me. And I'm like, that is the worst thing. I have ever heard. I'm like, they're out of tune. They're out of time. It's not mixed well. And he just kept forcing it on me until a year later. And still to this day, they are my favorite band of all time. And it's like, the songs are just everything. And it was a song called The Night That Drove, The Night That Drove, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. Yeah. Um, which is, I think it's about the Civil War. And we played it in the spring concert together and everything. Like, it was a big song for us in school. And still to this day, the band is like just, 
everything to me for no apparent reason other than someone forced them upon me. Mate, your mate Dara, what a dude. Yeah. Who's listening <laughs> know, to right? the band at your age at school? That's, That's he, crazy. He was that guy. He was that guy. <laughs> so, yeah, and I remember we watched uh, The Last Waltz all the time with, you know, Van Morrison coming on and Bob Dylan coming on and just being like, wow. And we always agreed if we could ever time travel, we'd go back to The Last Waltz yeah, straight away. Yeah, absolutely. What, what a concert. Yeah, um, right. So, did, did you enjoy school? Uh, no, <laughs> not really. It wasn't really for me, man. I like, I, I got, I, I did, I finished it, but I was there as little as I could be. I was out as soon as the bell rang because I found songwriting at like 15 and six or 16. And that was, as soon as I found it, I was like, that's what I'm doing. Any opportunity I get to go anywhere and do that, I'm going to do it. And I did that. And I, I went to uni for a bit as well. And that was a complete disaster. I did international relations at Sussex for no apparent reason. Um, which was a lovely place, but I just, you know, it wasn't what I was meant to be doing at all. And uh, yeah, I didn't mind school. I had some of, I, I've, I've actually got a lot of friends now from school more than I probably did at school. But uh, yeah, it just wasn't really for me. I don't, people who say school is the best days of their lives, I don't get that <laughs> at all. Um, you, you said about, um, you, you know, discovered songwriting when you were sort of 15. And was that, was that encouraged at school? No, not at all. It's like my, my school was a nice place and stuff, but me and me and the music department, for whatever reason, really didn't get on at all. Um, I just didn't. I just I was I was probably a horrible student to teach because I, I thought I knew everything at the age of 16 and I had no idea what I was talking about. And I'm like, you know, there was no songwriting. It was all classical music and it was all this and theory, which I still have no idea about. And uh, it just was all the fun bits that I found in music had nothing to do with what I was doing in music at school. And I really struggled with that, I think. Um, so I, that's why I think I had to find it outside of school. So, so you mentioned you thought you knew everything at, at, at that age. <laughs> was you, was you a confident young lad? Um, I think I was. Yeah. As I, I was outwardly confident anyway. And especially if I, if that was like the one thing I had that was like, that was my thing. I was a singer. And uh, I think that was like my defense mechanism probably back then yeah. of like, well, that's what I do. I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the good at that thing. And so when I went to music class and I remember I was like writing songs and they would feel me on like the composition module in school. And I was like, well, no, because I'm like, this is what I do. And I just really struggled with it. Yeah. And looking back, I would have hated to teach me. I was the worst. But uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was tough, but I just kind of pushed on outside of school. And luckily I was able to meet the right people around me and stuff who kind of encouraged me and gave me leg ups and... It all, all the luck kind of fell into place. Okay. Jesse, track four. The first track song you remember four. buying from a record shop. I mean, record oh, shops must have been not even a thing when you was growing it was, up. It was, they, were, they were dying out. There's still one in my local town, actually. There is still one. It's called Top 40. Now, I'm what, not an, indi- an independent you. shop? Yeah, yeah, independent shop. Wicked. I don't know how they're still going, but yeah, this guy called Alex runs this shop called Top 40. They mostly sell concert tickets, I think. I think that's their main thing. But I'm not going to lie to you. I, would, I was going to try and pretend to be cool for this answer. <laughs> no one's um, ever been cool on this one. No, no, no. But my, mine's the worst you've ever had. I can guarantee it right now. <laughs> so the first single I ever bought was Chico Time. Fuck. By Chico man. from The X Factor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mate, you've won. You've won. won. Yeah. I don't, I don't think really there's been anything as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like, the award's I... in the post, mate. <laughs> I remember it was in the little plastic sleeve and everything. Yeah, and I remember I went to see X Factor Live and everything. The first two concerts my mum brought me to 
was Ronan Keating and X Factor Live. So look, I I had no option. You know, I was I was forced into this way of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, but the first album I ever bought, which I think is slightly more respectable. A lot of people disagree, but it's actually one of my favorite albums that I think was very formative for me. Was the Script's first album, mm-hmm. and I know the Script aren't particularly cool, but when I was that age. And I heard songs like The Man Who Can't Be Moved and Break Even. It really was just like, that was really important for me in terms of, I think I saw them live like five times. And it just was kind of, it just really worked for me at that age. And it was super important. Still to this day, I could do every word off that album. I was a wee nerdy kid who knew every chord and drum fill and everything. And um, it, was a, it was a special one for me back then. That, that, that's interesting. So for somebody that... Um was was starting to kind of develop their songwriting skills when when you know you would listen to music in them kind of formative years would you deconstruct it would you work out how it was put together not lyrically and not musically but i would i I always came across for some reason themes was something i always thought about so i i remember the, the script had all these like sirens going through their albums and all these police references and i'm like well they're lads from dublin like what's what's going on there and i remember thinking about that and I think it was just, I didn't know what I was doing. I was a drummer at the time. That was my first ever instrument I played. So I knew I was kind of listening to the drums more than I was listening to anything else. Um, but yeah, I think subconsciously there was definitely stuff going on. And even now, it's like sometimes I'll end up writing a song and I'm like, oh, I fully just ripped off that song from <laughs> the script's first album because I must have played it for two years to death. Yeah. Um, and that was kind of it. And then I moved on to kind of, you know, the, the indie bands and stuff like that. But definitely as the first album to buy, it was definitely very, very formative. What come after that? What sort of indie stuff was you getting into? So it was very niche. It was exclusively Northern Irish and Scottish indie music. Okay. <laughs> Most, mostly local bands. I got massive into the local Northern Irish scene. And there was bands like More Than Conquerors and Rams Parker Radio, who I mentioned, and Soy Watchy from afar, up to, you know, your Snow Patrols and your two-door cinema clubs who were around. And then it went over to Scotland with like Twin Atlantic, Biffy Clyro, um, Father Son. There's all these bands who kind of had the same thing going on, but it just really worked for me. Because you had that kind of pop sensibility in the melodies, and they weren't screaming stuff, they were singing, but it rocked as well. And you could go to a mosh pit and, with your mates and have a great time. And it was Northern Irish music was a massive, massive thing for me for about three years. Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry. It won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast, and you can listen to all the songs because I put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there... I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that I guess pick. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Anyway, I'll shut up. Get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. So I, I presume you was starting to go clubbing around that time i mean this is again it sounds like a strange question to because yeah. i kind of ask this retrospectively of like the song that soundtrack your years in Clubland. like you, you know <laughs> you, you're a sprightly young lad you know it's, it's all to be had for you um but um i mean have you you know of your time clubbing to date if you had yeah. to pick a track that had soundtrack that what would you go for so i was thinking about this one as well and it was a tough one uh, between all of the Scandinavian DJs, because we have grown up in a time, I've grown up in a time where it's been almost exclusively Scandinavian DJs leading the way. And I've never been a massive clubber, but uh, I remember there was a, a place called Sense in a town called Cookstown near where I'm from. And when you were 16, you were able to go there. I've DJed there. You've DJed at Sense? I have DJed at Sense. No way. I DJed at <laughs> Sense with Jay from the Inbetweeners, and it was bananas. It was. It, yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a nuts I don't want to offend anyone from Cookstown. It felt a bit rough. It's very rough. Yeah. It's incredibly rough. Yeah. yeah. Like, like your parents did not want you going to these places. Yeah. But I reckon it's. I was thinking about it, and I was talking to some people about it, and it's got Avicii levels. Is a song even now you're like it's a tune. Yeah. And it's just that song just carried on, and actually everything he did, as much as I was pretending to be cool for too cool for it at the time, I was like it's not really my thing massively culturally important i think in terms of what he was doing outside of indie music and rock music everybody else was listening to avicii you know yeah. like 90 percent of the the ed sheeran fans as i call them they were listening to avicii in those days and um super sad how you know it all mm. came to pass for him but um i think his songs especially that one it's definitely a big a big one for me growing up what is i mean what's a good night out for you now I'm not a big clubber, as you can tell. I live in London, therefore, for me to go to a club, you got to be spending some serious money, which I don't have, and I'm uh, I'm not an attractive 21 year old girl, sadly. Um, so I don't get into these places. But yeah, honestly, I am friends with just a lot of Irish people in London, and going to the pub and just having a few Guinness and chatting away is that's my dream night. That's all. That's all we can wait to get back to is the the, the beer gardens to be open. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a fancy musician. I think that is the beauty about being Irish in music in London. There's actually, it's a big group of us yeah. and it's really lovely and everyone kind of hangs out and helps each other out and there's always pints of Guinness to be had. So it's great. Perfect. Okay, well, look, let's, let's go back to, uh, to home. And for track six, a uh, favourite song from an artist from your home county. Yeah, so I'm not sure if he's from my own home county. I know he is. He is from my home county. Um, it's an artist called Foy Vance. I don't know if you if you know of Foy Vance, but he's a he's a singer songwriter from Northern Ireland. 
Um, he's an he's an absolute legend. He he has a, a funny mustache and wears a flat cap. Um, and he's written some amazing songs. He does songs with Keith Urban in Nashville. He's written on the Ed Sheeran albums, and his own stuff is just revered. You know, Gary Lightbody, it's his hero, is Foy Vance. Ed Sheeran's hero is Foy Vance. Like he's just an unbelievable songwriter. And he has this song um, called "An Indiscriminate Act of Kindness," which he don't, never plays anymore, and he's never told me why. And I always am like, why, why do you never play this? He's like, nah, 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 nah. It just never does. And it's a song, I'm not sure if it's a real story or not, but it's a song about a man helping um, essentially a sex worker who's asking for somewhere to stay. And he brings her into his hotel room and just looks after her and gives her a bed for the night and sort of gives her a bit of money and sends her on her way. And it's super simple. But it's one of the most beautifully constructed songs and lyrics. Just consider it an indiscriminate act of kindness. And it's just, uh, it's the most powerful thing and it being from a Northern Irish artist as well is just really lovely. So yeah, it's a it's a an amazing song if you haven't heard it. Wonderful. Well, what we do, JC, we always put a Spotify playlist uh, to accompany yeah. this, so uh, people can go and. I can't wait for Chico time to be right in the middle picked, of it, including Chico. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh my All right. So uh, for the last track, um, yeah, you, you get to be uh, a Vici, you get to DJ, and you get to play uh, a song that many may not know that you want them mm-hmm. to hear yeah so i discovered this band a couple of years ago at all points east i believe a festival in london and my housemate was uh, was taking me down and he's again way cooler with music than i am he said he makes loads of playlists and stuff so i'm like i'm gonna trust you for the day and you're gonna take me to all your bands that you like and we're gonna find some stuff and this was the first tent we walked into and it was an australian band called gang of youths and they've got this song called the heart is a muscle and it absolutely bangs. Essentially, the heart is a muscle and I want to make it strong. An amazing lyric. And I was lucky enough last year to go on tour with Snow Patrol for a couple of months around Europe. And every day before we went on stage, all the support acts, Snow Patrol, Everson, in their dressing room, just smashing out this track and just going nuts when it broke down. So it's a song I'm always going to remember for that reason. And also, it's just an absolute tune. It's so good. Wonderful. Um. Well, look, before we finish, um, JC, what's, what's the plan? What's the plan for the remainder of lockdown, however long that should last? And then when we come out of this, what's, what's, uh, what you got coming? Yeah, so I just, I've actually just released a song a couple of weeks ago, uh, a weeks ago, called I Need You To Hate Me. So we've got a music video coming out, which we shot during lockdown. But it's not one of those lockdown videos that everyone's dreading anymore. We actually got to do a proper video, which is good. So we got to set a car on fire. Nice. Is, that's it. They were like, what do you want to do for the music video? And I'm like, can I set a car on fire? They're like anything else? I'm like, no, not really. That's about it. <laughs> Box tick. So we got to do that, which was great. And then, yeah, uh, I've got more music coming out. Who knows? Touring's kind of on hold. Traveling's on hold. I've completed Netflix. Um, we'll see. We'll see what's coming up next. But yeah, I'm just kind of trying to not worry about anything too much and enjoy a bit of breathing space for a while. Lovely, JC. Thanks ever so much for your time, buddy. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, mate. There you go. What a top fella. Um, hope you had as much fun listening to that as I did recording it. Um, we'll be back next week. Like I said at the beginning, if you 
can't wait that long. Go and have a rummage in the archives or head over to Patreon because there's over 100 episodes on there as well that have never been out to the the general public. So um, you can go and get stuck into all of them whilst supporting the podcast as well. Best thing you can do is subscribe. That really helps. Um, also, big thanks to, um, to Tom from the Monkey Tennis Podcast for um, putting this podcast together. Um, and yeah, back next week. Remember, anything you need to know about all of the stuff that you've listened to and all the links and everything else, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. See you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairware Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out, because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast, and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done, is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code, Beat 15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.